Hey, this is Joseph Zala, and this is Grits and Grids, a weekly discussion with restaurant and beverage industry designers and professionals on all things creative. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Grits and Gritters, still working on that one. Um, today, I have Michael Gurovich, a good friend of mine who owned uh, Seven Hens Restaurant here in Atlanta, uh, built it to two locations. And um, he's going to talk about all the scary stuff that happens when you're running, owning, and starting a restaurant. So, uh, Michael, say hi and introduce yourself. Hey, hey. How, how are you guys? Awesome. All right. So, I think everyone kind of has this preconceived notion of the restaurant industry, you're going to fail. Like, it's like the, the numbers, I think, are mostly a lie, um, you know, as far as the percentage rate of failure. But that has to be pretty scary getting started. So, one, what prompted you to start Seven Hens? Um, and, and what, what prompted you to keep on going once you knew how tumultuous the uh, industry can be? Well, I started because I wanted to bring something that I grew up with, the chicken schnitzel, uh, here into, into the States, because uh, what I realized was that uh, schnitzel was something that people eat all over the world, but it was non-existent in, in the States, and I thought that was a big opportunity because if people like it, in Europe, in Eastern Europe, in Australia, in Japan, you know, so they would like it here as well. Uh, so that that's what got me started into this. I didn't have a restaurant background per se before that, just uh, a few, you know, jobs in, in college back in Israel and stuff like that, but nothing too extreme. Uh, but I figured that um, I was just going to learn it. Uh, and everybody told me, hey, you know, there's like, uh, oh, it's not easy. I said, well, I don't know anything that's easy. I mean, if you know anything <laughs> easy, well, tell me. Right. So, and uh, definitely the, the, the commitment has to be there in, in terms of uh, hours, especially when you're creating something versus either copying or franchising. Uh, then you have a set of guidelines or inspiration that, that you're following through. But when you're cre- truly creating something that, that's non-existent, then uh, you have to have professional help from a lot of different folks. Kitchen designing, menu designing, and a lot of other things. And uh, that just takes a lot of hours in the creation uh, phase of the business. Yeah, it makes sense. So, chicken schnitzel, uh, explain that to the the listenership because uh, I think it's quite delicious, um, but a lot of yeah. people may not know. Yeah, so what it is is essentially it's a way of cooking. So, we take a boneless, skinless uh, type of uh, meat. Uh, in our case, it was chicken, but honestly, uh, more traditionally, it's from uh, pork or veal. And uh, what we do is uh, we tenderize it by beating it up with uh, mm-hmm. meat mallet, like essentially a hammer. You uh, beat it down, you make it flat. And from a culinary standpoint, it does two things. One, it uh, cooks it evenly. It cooks it f- uh, quick, quickly. And um, it just makes it tender because from a biological standpoint, basically we break the fibrous tissue of the chicken breast. So it's uh, very tender, and uh, the outside shell, if you will, it's uh, crunchy because we fry it in a mix of uh, breadcrumbs and uh, and some other secret mm-hmm. stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, and some proprietary so things. it's cr- crunchy on the outside and, and tender on the inside. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's really delicious, and I think a lot of people may have come into contact with it um, eating a uh, chicken parmesan. 
or something like that. Yeah, which is yeah. technically the Italian version of schnitzel. Yep, that's exactly right. That's 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 one variant of of, of schnitzel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, you uh, essentially brought schnitzel here to the U.S. So I think there was a lot of um, education that had to be done. I mean, essentially, what you just went through almost had to be done for everybody when they first tried or decided to try. Uh, seven hens. I mean, that's a big, that's a tall order. Um, how how do you think you went about doing that the best way? Um, besides being in person, like, uh, were there marketing channels that worked better to educate and kind of bring people to speed, or were there other things like uh, events? What well, what do you think worked best for you guys? Yeah, you're right. The the education part was the biggest problem that was never ending, and really, it was even bigger than I had originally thought. And uh, towards the end, I remember that even two of my raving fans, guys that used to come in every week, always on Thursdays, and they told me, <laughs> you know, we're trying to get other people from work. They came to lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Working in the area. And they're like, what you doing? But, you know, we, we just can't convince them to try something new, and we tell them. And that, that was not me talking. That was people oh, that, wow. a third party, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that like my place, uh, and they were unable to get their friends to come in, uh, so it, it was it was a bigger it was and I don't know if it was because it's American or because it's the South I I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but that that was a big deal getting people to try something that's new and I, in my mind uh, it was always you know it's just chicken I mean you try it I mean it's, you know it's not it's not it's not something totally off the mm-hmm. But it's not it's not goat or sheep or anything like that. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I I feel that um, now now you know looking back, I think a that was that has been the the biggest challenge mm-hmm. and uh, the main reason for not being able to uh, grow forward and expand to to a to a huge chain. Um, so that that was one. I was and I always knew that it's mm-hmm. an issue, but I always thought, hey, where there's a difficulty, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you can't, you know, it's very hard to do something new in hamburgers or pizza. You know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't really be a huge player now, starting from one store, and you know, it's it would be nearly impossible. I never say impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly <laughs> impossible. Um, so I wanted to bring that something new, which is essentially chicken, but with a little twist and in my mind in my investors mind was made perfect sense it was mm-hmm. easy to comprehend you know and and but then that's the way we wanted to uh to approach it as far as so we did a lot of things to try to make it more accessible and approachable to people and uh you were a part yeah. of most of them uh, joseph uh, if it's uh, some movie clips that we did if it's the uh, visual imagery of of the pounding or the breading and uh putting those posters uh, up um on the wall big posters mm-hmm. uh we did a yelp event that was that was pretty that was pretty good because mm-hmm. we had the yelp uh, influencers the the elite the select elite, yeah. whatever they call them <laughs> so they came about uh 12 of them maybe mm-hmm. and I took them all to the, to the back and we did like experimental kitchen each one of them pounded and breaded and you know we fried it for them and then they they ate it so that was that was good because they all you know they all have their influencers so right that, right that, that pretty much says it so that was a that was a big that was a good step that was a good step to mm-hmm. in, in bringing that education uh, to the masses mm-hmm. yeah pioneering is tough I mean um, 
I know a lot of people get scared of the word competition, but essentially the good thing about competition is you have a lot of people talking about the same thing, and then you just have to talk about how you're different. Um, whereas with when you're bringing a new um, thing to market, you have to tell them what it is, explain to them why they want it or why they need it, and then explain to them why you're the best. Yeah, well, I think <clears> that <throat> in in I think and I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I think that in, in the restaurants today, there's, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, call them pigeonholes. So mm-hmm. let's say that you're looking at it from a developer standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like we're sitting pretty close to Krog Street Market now. Uh, very nice little development, a lot of food places. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's say you're the developer. So you're looking, okay, so I, I'm having this, uh, I, I have, you know, 20 booth to fill so okay what am i doing i'm doing pizza um, you know korean's a thing mm-hmm. you know ramen is a thing I mean, you know i gotta have a bakery and a coffee shop you know you gotta have uh an ice cream place you gotta have a you know barbecue place you can do one burger so there's this n- niches you mm-hmm. know and really my place is was not really is it a sandwich like cold cuts mm-hmm. is it like a burger because it's hot and cooked but it's not is it the chicken but chicken chicken is if you want to go for that to check off the box that I have chicken, then for the most part here in the South, again, it's fried chicken. So, mm-hmm. you know, fried chicken places, they have that, uh, you know, bone and leg and mm-hmm. whatnot mm-hmm. and chicken breast. And they usually have an offering of a, of a sandwich. So I'm not, uh, so my place, the Seven Hands, was not really checking off the box of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. It's not really checking off the box of burger. It was not really checking off the box of of a deli or a sandwich place, even though it was predominantly sandwiches. Right. So it was kind of in between. So I think that's the, that's that's my answer to like the categories thing. I think mm-hmm. that when you are in a category, then you can find the locations that are um, looking for. Okay, I do barbecue, but I do it in a certain way with a certain brand with a certain voice with a certain style with a certain following. But that's that's what I do. Right. For me, it was a little bit. In between, uh, not, not none of these issues was the one made the one reason that uh, eventually we didn't expand, but all of mm-hmm. them uh, didn't help together. See, see yeah. So I mean, to be clear, uh, Seven Hens recently sold, um, and I, I believe he sold to another company that's going to take over the uh, two locations that we had. Um, and, you know, I played a, a role in developing the brand for Seven Hens. I actually got in Communication Arts Magazine, which is always a little pat on the back. Yeah, look at that. Um, you know, the, the problem with most designers is we all think we're terrible. So just a little bit of, you know, a little compliment goes a long way. Um, but I know a lot, of, a lot of people have many varying different takes on what it takes to make a restaurant succeed and what will make a restaurant fail. And it's interesting because everyone's convinced that their particular niche is the answer or the um, the life or death option. You know, so I guess what I'm getting at is you mentioned a developer like a Krog Street Market or there's another place called Pond City. And there's a couple places like this around the world where um, it's, a, it's basically a food court that is um, in, in a, a high traffic area. And it's really, really cool down here in Atlanta if you get a chance to take a look at it. But do you feel that location played as big a role as a lot of people would have you believe that location is the most important, the most important thing about a restaurant is location. That's, that's, that's the, what the, the Ray Kroc 
yeah. number one thing, you know, like he doesn't build burger restaurants. He, you know, has real estate that he sells burgers in. Yeah, well, yes, the location is super important, absolutely. Um, to me, I, I, I coined another adage. I say the mm-hmm. food in the restaurant, surprisingly, is 51% mm-hmm. of, of, of the equation. Like if your food's terrible, you, nothing else is gonna help you. Sure. But, but your food has to has, just has to be good enough. Like it has to be good enough for people to come. Some people are not gonna like it. I mean, right. you can serve the best thing, and somebody's gonna. It is the way mm-hmm. it is. Like nobody's gonna. But um, the food has to be good. Has to be good enough, and the rest of the things matter almost as much as the food. But right. that's a different. That's a little bit different. We can we can spin off of that later. <laughs> but let me yeah. answer your question. In terms of the location, um, yeah. So here's the thing. The more unique you are, and I was very unique, mm-hmm. you have to be in a more early adopters place and a lot of food foot traffic and a very high volume place. Because the more unique you are, the less people are going to naturally gravitate to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is the way it is. So location is hard. And those locations are, are hard. They're tough to come by. And when you, because the... And expensive. And expensive because the, and the big guys get them first. They get exposed to them first mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, 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 and they come with a huge liability. Mm-hmm. Everything is personally guaranteed and you're looking at the space and, you know, when, when you're starting out, uh, what's called like, you know, by yourself, mom and pop shop pretty mm-hmm. much, then even if you get to the negotiation table and you're looking at a, whatever, eight or 10 or whatever thousand dollars a month for a space and uh it's 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 kind of scary so i I didn't go for these high profile places and that may have been uh a mistake but um here's the thing if you're selling you know some chicken wings or something like Mm -hmm. that then you can be at uh some remote you know lighted plaza somewhere and (laughs) people will go because it's we'll call it a, a, a C we'll call it a C level uh, space not C level um, a C space as opposed to A yeah but but okay so I'll give you another <clears throat> example without getting into the actual names maybe mm-hmm. but I think my you know semi-professional opinion so in Pond City Market there's uh-huh. this place that sells beef jerky you know it's a beef beef jerky yeah bar. yeah I know exactly what you're talking about so to me and again, I may be wrong. This is mm-hmm. recorded, right? But mm-hmm. to me, something specializes like that can only exist in Pond City Market or, or places like it in this profile. They're, they're doing a few other developments in Atlanta sure. now, like the Beacon. So it can mm-hmm. be only in those places, super high tourist, uh, mm-hmm. you know, high traffic, foot traffic, tons of early adopters. It's a cool higher place. level. I mean, yeah. Pond City, for those that don't know, Pond City Market is very high end. Um you know, you have a fry store, you have anthropology, you have expensive shopping, and the the food offering tends to also be on the higher end. You're not going to get a burger for five bucks. No, it's it's expensive yeah. and it's it's cool. It's unique. It has the cool factor. It's where all the you creative people go, <laughs> right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's well, Mailchimp is there, you know? Yeah, Mailchimp is there. So, um, Mail Mailchimp. I don't know if you ever listened to Serial, but like I think everyone they almost changed the name of Mailchimp because they had interviews with uh, people who were just on a street reading the script for the radio spot, and so you had people like you know different uh, voices. It's like every day people use, and then as a girl's like Mail Kimp, 
because <laughs> she, I guess she was like foreign and she didn't know how to pronounce the ch. It's really funny. Um, side note, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, you're talking. I think so, you're talking about uh, it's the Biltong Bar, and yeah. not, nothing you said is offensive. It's oh. very true. I mean, I, no, I, J- I, Jason's uh, a friend, so I don't. Wanna... He, yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a great guy, and um, Justin, 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 and yeah. yeah, Jason, I think is his uh, PR person, yeah. but. It's it's a bold move uh, yeah. to bring biltong, which is essentially South African jerky, to a market where it didn't exist at all. Yeah, so I I, I applaud him for that. I mean, it's a yeah. great restaurant. It is a fantastic mm-hmm. place. Uh, we we went there, my wife and I, two weeks ago. Uh, Cape, Cape Dutch. Oh, Cape Dutch. Yeah, Cable yeah. has been around for a long time. It's, it's long, solid, yeah. but Cape Dutch is you know fairly newer. Nice. And, I mean, talk about upscale dining. Uh, yeah. So so. I mean, kudos to him. He's, he's a fantastic restaurateur and a great guy. But mm-hmm. uh, so, for example, something like that, I don't, I don't believe that he would uh, be doing as well as he does in in the beef jerky place if he took, you know, my locations in Decatur and Sandy Springs because sure. there's just not enough foot traffic. Agreed. There's not enough. It's not the profile. Mm-hmm. So. On a hindsight, you know, I I I'm, I'm I sh- I belong there. Or Seven Hands would have fared better in that kind of yeah. more uh, high-profile places because it's unique. So when you're dealing with unique, you need those early adopters. You need mm-hmm. the people that are not afraid to try. Um, and, and and you get the traffic of people that are seeing this every single yeah. day. So eventually, you're gonna wear it down. You know what I mean? Like. Like, probably when you uh, try to date, date Joanne, <laughs> you know, ask, 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 ask. Eventually, she's going to ask you to say yes to a date. So, it's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, if you're out, in a, if you're out, out uh, not on the outskirts, but if you're not in a high traffic, high foot traffic area specifically, then you need to figure out ways to create multiple moments where your brand is in someone's face to the point where they finally say, you know what, I'm going to try that. But yeah, for someone to get in a car and drive just to go try biltong or beef jerky, or any kind of jerky for that matter, it's it's a hard ask, you know. And so I think the same thing with schnitzel. Yes, we know that it's essentially fried chicken. Just I, I like it better than a regular yeah. fried chicken sandwich, but I'm biased maybe. Um, we know what it is, but not only now are you trying to get the name out there, you're trying to create a moment and a, and a craving that didn't exist before. Um, for a word that people don't necessarily know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I told at some point I thought you know it's it's almost like a miracle for somebody to you know whatever sit at home, be hungry, think about what he want to eat, mm-hmm. remember there's a seven hands, want it, get into car, mm-hmm. drive, park, get in, order. <laughs> I mean, there's so many right. things like you know not get distracted by traffic, not see you know. On the way, when you drive in Atlanta, I think the statistics is every four minutes there's a restaurant when you drive. Like, There's not more, yeah. I mean, it's insane what's going on with all the new developments here. There's there's really too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the area that we're, we're here now, you know. Well, I mean, think about New York. I mean, sorry, just to think about New York. I think people think that if you're in New York and you have a restaurant, you're almost guaranteed success. But that number's got to be even more aggressive. Like, you can walk down the block and see six different restaurants before you even get anywhere close to another restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's far more people and tourists and whatnot, yeah. but, but I just know about uh, here. So that person, again, in our example, driving to Seven Ends and not seeing a Chipotle on the way and be like, oh, that's, that looks good, actually, and, and be <laughs> sidetracked. So the, the thing that, so there's so many things have to lie, and yet it, it happened. It happened every day, and it yeah. happened, It happened. you know, with a lot of people because it, it was good, but uh, consistently uh, doing it and expanding, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it, it is. It's a lot. 
Now, so I think what's interesting is with, um, you know, from the creative side, from, from our side of the table, um, you know, we played a big role in developing the brand for Seven Hens. Um, you know, you played a big role on your side of making that brand a reality and living it. Um, but then you get into the grind of things and then money gets very real very quick. And I think one thing that creators have a hard time understanding is that it's not that restaurants are cheap as far as they don't want to spend the money on marketing. It's that the money on marketing isn't always there in, uh, a lot, (laughs) you know, it's, there's not a huge budget and you know, like the, 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 the margins are usually very thin on a restaurant as far as being able to allocate a certain amount of funds like let's just let's just talk like quick numbers based on your history and mine i mean if you spend six to seven or let's let's make it easy five to ten percent of your revenue on marketing on a one or two location restaurant that's really only a few grand a month if that yeah um the the margins at a restaurant are are paper thin at best and you know, you do a lot of, you do all this work creating and you, you build it and you pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to build a restaurant and then you start and then as the industry, you know, wisdoms has it, well, but no, but no restaurant makes money in the first year, you know, like <laughs> crap. So, and I did all this, I, I already spent, I built all these places, I yeah. created all the tangible, the posters, the logo, the branding, all the all the uh, assets and and now I have to wait a year just to start right. making I mean that's ridiculous that's that's very hard and um, and of course in the beginning there's a lot of stuff you gotta go through and mm-hmm. things you don't know and this and that I'm talking about that first time experience um, so that's yeah. why that's why it's uh, that's why it's so it's so brutal so yeah the money for for the marketing on the one hand, you know, you know, in, in your in, in your heart, and people tell you, well, you know, you wanna you wanna get people in, you have to advertise. Everybody advertises, <laughs> which is true, but yeah, I mean, unless you, and that's the problem with you know, if you creative people trying to get that mom and pop shop mm-hmm. to to help them start, that's 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 tough. That's tough, not because they're red people. It's tough because they're probably going to be in a in a predicament that doesn't allow them to be very nice and 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 affording uh, money and projects and you know and I I mean I there was times when you know you, you need some card or something like shit I'm gonna call my creative guys like say hello it's a hundred dollars I mean shit, <laughs> we're like lawyers <laughs> yeah you know? no it's true I mean uh, the mom and pops aren't gonna have a lot of money um but you found a way, I think, to once start taking on some of those responsibilities yourself. Um, you dabbled in creative and uh, marketing, and I think you saw some traction on stuff. But I think one of the one of the scary things when you first open is the barrage of communications that you get from everybody that has the thing that you need to market successfully, whether it's coupon books or yellow pages ads. Yeah, they still do those. Um, or, you know, this thing, that thing, this widget, that widget, um, there was that, that startup that you, you spun a wheel and maybe you got a deal and yeah. there's all these people. Like, they're, they're actually right here in this building as well. Oh, okay. What is it? Weebly? Oh, no, no. That's no, something uh, else. That's not Weebly. Um, <laughs> I'll remember it. Yeah. But it's like, it's nonstop. And I see it when I, when I initially do a setup for, when we do a setup for, um, a startup, we'll secure their 
social media real estate, so their handles, you know, so seven hands, at seven hands, at seven hands, whatever. And, and until we are able to get them control over it, I get to see the messages that come through, and it is, like, astounding. Just, and I don't want to call them snake oil salesmen, but partially they kind of are. There's no one magic bullet, and I think that's one thing that you probably learned. There's no magical yeah, you, thing. You, you told me that, and, and it, it, took, it took me a second to, to realize that. And right. um, and it's true. It's true. Now, me, I, I actually, it's funny, you know, I used to be always, like, against, like, kind of, which, you know, I still did. But mm-hmm. then I saw this, um, what you call those things in the newspaper where it's, like, somebody doodles something and it has a message behind it. Uh, I don't know. You know, like like a joke. Like, like a joke. Oh, like connect the dots or something? No, 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 or... no, no. Anyway, it was this yeah. guy. It was this guy that um, was on 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 the on to his to his uh, right. He was uh, trying to fight a war. So he was there was uh, the other guys. This his enemy was bombing him with uh, with uh, can, cannons, and, with okay. cannons, and he had a sword in his hand. Yeah. And on his left, so he was trying to fight the war, and on his left was this guy trying to sell him cannons. And he's and he's telling him he's brushing him and saying no I, I don't have time for you I'm trying yeah, to I have fight a sword this war. I, yeah I'm trying to find so and he had cannons for him so that made me think I remember that that was kind of an instrumental one so you know what maybe these people have something good for me you know and yeah. so, so I started listening to them and ultimately you know I can't tell it was over, that it wasn't overwhelmingly bad but mm-hmm. I, I listened to everyone I start welcoming I mean when they approach me I didn't pursue sure. them but it's not it's not hard and if somebody comes in you know once twice a week easily yeah uh, in the more in the beginning and and you have to be gracious i always remember those people that's something that i took as a philosophy for life in beyond mm-hmm. the restaurant after doing this uh you have to be graceful you know these people get up in the morning they get into their suit they get into sure. their car they find prospects they they go they knock on doors i mean that's pretty hard to that's do tough. Yeah, yeah that's that's tough i mean and they have a they have a daughter or a sister or a brother or whatever just like you do and yeah. you know they go home they don't want to be upset that somebody like was mean to them so right i talk to them like they were my friends that's really my the way i deal with with yeah. any service providers whatsoever now and um so yeah okay talk to me what what do you have to okay i think this will work i think and some of them i did some of them i didn't i was yeah. more uh i was trying because i was really trying to get the word out and and the education part what that i always thought okay can this bring a value to that part of the education can i sure explain what it is and i i did some things worked better than others yeah um yeah i mean what you want to do my kind of my rule that i try to do more often than not is if you want something like i'm not like if you want a discount you gotta give something back usually it's an email Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you don't get it really for nothing, nothing like it's it's called uh, in the e-commerce it's called an ethical bribe, right? Sure. So yeah. um, if you want a discount, I'll I'll email it to you. And I, I actually did a pop-up kind of banner on the website when mm-hmm. you first walk in, like, do you want you know free fries and a drink or whatever? Sure. And I, I had a good uh, I don't remember the actual numbers, but it was it was a good uh, it gets good traction. Yeah, it it got it, like a lot of people and some some used it, some didn't, but yeah. Now I now I have their email and I was able to remarket uh to them. Um so that's something I, I enjoy doing. I enjoy mm-hmm. bringing that a little bit more um 
high tech, if you will, or mm-hmm. or, or uh, good um, online stuff to to etiquette to to the restaurant. Well, it's interesting because you know e email marketing. I feel so many people shun it as an old hat kind of marketing tactic that it's dated. It doesn't work anymore. Um, but there's a reason why I wrote a whole book on it, um, and it's yeah. because. It, it's, it still it, works. This, it's this well, not that it works. Not that only that it works. It's the single best best channel yeah. in online. It's better than you know uh, CPC. It's, right. It's better than display ads. It's better than anything else. Especially with ROI. Email. I mean, the, the money that you really pay out to you know once you have your stuff set up. Yeah. I mean these the you know Mailchimp going back to Mailchimp and I swear they didn't pay us for this. Yeah. <laughs> Mailchimp maybe you should pay us for this, um, but they. Uh, they make it so easy to create an email, you send it out, and, and, and if you look at your numbers, you can start tailoring that messaging so smartly to where you're getting the highest return. So, I mean, one of the nicest compliments that I used to get is, uh, oh, I love your emails, you know, the emails that uh, I, I created. So I, And I always thought, okay, how do I do it with, again, bringing the education or making people think about it for a second mm-hmm. in a positive way so the, i mean we're kind of like resting here but if uh, the rule is the rule of thumb is you know you either either educate me or or make me cry or make me right. uh, well, i'm sorry not educate either uh, entertain me or make me cry or make me laugh or surprise me so mm-hmm. you want to do that or 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 do something uh it's not about don't bore me yeah it's not it's not <laughs> about you the guy that's sending it i don't care about your company blah blah, blah. right make some so I remember, like one of my emails was uh, like a cross uh, crossword puzzle mm-hmm. that all the w- words were somehow related to cooking and uh, and the countries that we have because we had American, mm-hmm. Mexican, French, Italian, Chinese, Indian, and German flavors. So like. Uh, not that's yeah. easy, but like oh, the Great Wall of you know whatever China, right? So you know, so so people will have to write it, and then um, and then once they finish it, and I always kind of made sure that okay, so it'd be easy enough for them to 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 finish it, mm-hmm. and then uh, so they get the they they you know subconsciously relate seven hands to a good feeling of achievement. Right. So yeah, and so and I'm, a little bit of worldliness. I mean, like, yeah. which kind of. Yeah, that that meets some of, that checks more boxes than just entertainment. Exactly. So 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 they so they so they get it. So they get okay. So I'm uh, I'm, 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 I'm like a um, hammer would be another word for hammer. Okay, mouse. So okay, why why am I writing why am I writing hammer seven hands hammer? So they make yep. those connotations in the brain things that relate to seven hands, and uh, so 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 people people really were really digging that. Yeah. Uh, people. Yeah. People it's different. Like that. Too. Yeah. So that's that's something I did, and some other things. I got some uh, Fiverr gigs that were uh, related related to to schnitzel because it's a funny word. So mm-hmm. I got some Fiverr gigs that uh, it's a website. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure people this this listener yeah, yeah. knows it. Um, so um, so so yeah. So that that was good. So I got some Fiverr Fiverr gigs related to schnitzel or chicken mm-hmm. or worlds or um, countries of the world. I'm sorry that uh, makes sense. So, yeah. That's cool. So um, before we wrap up, I would venture to guess that probably one of the scariest days that you had to deal with um, in owning, operating, building Seven Hens was the day you made the choice to bow out and, and you know, finish, finish the dream and say, you know what, this isn't going to go any further. Um, it's time to quit. I think a lot of people 
will grind, 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 and never gets that point. But to me, it seems like you know you saw an opportunity to to exit that was good, and you realized that it was probably time to take that. Was that was that scary for you, or was it more just, hey man, I, I it's just time to do this. That that was not the scariest part. No. So okay. first first of all, I didn't see an opportunity. That to to it doesn't work like that. Not okay. in my situation. You have to pursue it. Okay. Uh, so more it, it's more it's more along the lines that you uh, go in my case to a restaurant broker and you say okay let's put it in the market. Gotcha. Um, and then and then and then you then you see an opportunity to and it, it may be either good or bad. My, mm-hmm. opportunity, my opportunity was actually pretty good. Um, but I think it's um, to answer your question. It's not a decisive moment that I can mm. point at. It's uh, it's some something that simmers in you. And I, I could have kept going. I mean, sure. I could, I, no, the thing is, I could have kept going, but I was like, where where am I going? Actually, yeah, yeah, that was the question I was asking. <laughs> you're keeping myself. the engine running, but you don't know if you're where which direction. Yeah, because I mean, I was I was. Far from the objectives that uh, I was, that I set to myself, mm-hmm. you know, financially, I was very far to the point where I, I said, I, I am, I am never gonna get, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna not getting there. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can, you know, I can keep doing it. It's fun, whatever, and I have pride, and I make people happy, yeah. and this and that and the other, mm-hmm. and I can give myself reasons to do it. But really, where am I going? Right. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, call it a ten cents wisdom. You know, oh, I'm sure. not, I'm not a quitter. And there's a <laughs> lot of people say there's stuff like, oh, or, or you know, you gotta pursue your dreams or stuff. Right. But but when you're actually doing it and not writing some, you know, things on Facebook, like just you know to motivate yourself with those you sure know, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Those the motivational and, sayings <laughs> yeah, those, so when you're actually doing it then you're like okay well you know there it's like there was this book in the oh, hey, 90s i think yeah. and it's like it's, it was called who moved my cheese you such a good that? book yeah so so you're like okay so people today they're like oh you know we're we're, we're not quitters we're, but hold on so somebody moved my cheese yeah you know? yeah so it's not it's not quitting it's just um, my cheese is, is is somewhere else like that's that's not how i'm fulfilling my mm-hmm. my wishes as 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 a businessman as as somebody that contributes something positive to the to, to the society right. i live in as, as as a person as as you know as a husband is whatever so it's like my, my cheese is not here that's that's the way i look yeah. at it so it's not it's not a failure it's not like you know, and you know it's not it's not anything like that it's uh you, you just realize that yeah I can, I can keep going but where am i going i'm not going any place right. that, that that really that i want to be and i wanted to be a you know the hundred stores i was like i'm, I'm, I'm that's never gonna happen so yeah. why, why am why am i doing this why am i riding the contracts just to say that i did yeah no that that that's that's not right. Yeah, that's not the way to do it. So you're you're in the aftermath. Um, Seven Hens is sold, and doors for Seven Hens are closed. Um, looking back, this is the last question. Looking back, if there was one or two things that you would have done differently, what would they have been, if anything? Yeah, well, I would have. That's a that's a tough one because I think that uh, you know to to succeed, I would have. Probably, but I, I can't tell you that I would have done it. Sure. But I think that I, 
I want to say that I would have done. I would have taken a very high end location. Okay. And I, I would have just have gotten like a lot more money put in the first one and start mm-hmm. the first one off right. Meaning mm-hmm. not just getting some friends and family, but getting somehow I'm, if it were even feasible. But yeah. I would get like a lot more money and do it right. Right like Shake Shack. You know, sure. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. Well Shake Shack now. I mean they started in a very they have an interesting tale, but I know oh, what you're okay. saying. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. yeah like Shake Shake now. That's what I mean. So yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would, I would have actually hired somebody that ran, uh, you know, uh, Moe's or whatever, mm-hmm. Chipotle or something like that, and paid him, you know, a good amount. And I would have hired, you know, get gotten the the best location I can find, and, yeah. and do it like probably five times the budget that I that I did, and yeah. really spend marketing. And really, what I see a lot of places now like one of the the group that got one of the locations for seven hands they're yeah. they're bringing it also and I'll, I'll be very curious to follow them but they're bringing a new concept in in town as well mm-hmm. yeah i think um, so yeah. The, they're being in pokey yeah pokey's huge right now too i mean um i think it's coming off of the back end of a resurgence a resurgence in uh asian style fair um yeah ramen's huge now yeah and and you know pokey's delicious i'll be curious to see how they do as well and how any other brand does for that matter because i've i've heard wind of a few other brands starting uh in the pokey craze as well because it's essentially it's raw fish and you don't have a big market that's into sushi um it's not sushi but it's a it's essentially cubed um tuna or yellowtail or whatever and almost ceviche style at times um with different sauces mixed in with it, but it essentially is raw fish. So what I see a lot of uh, new brands doing is getting already lining up their uh, second and third mm-hmm. place. So even even yeah. even even your guys, my friends that I hooked you up with, Bob yeah. Blaze. Yeah. So they had their first and their second line up before they even opened the first. Yep. Uh, so that's maybe that may be another thing that I would have done. So it, basically, I guess you can sum it up as like go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, your your friends at Bangladesh they had the second uh, contract signed before they even opened the first. True. One. Yeah. Uh, so then you get that presence, you get that you know, the, mm-hmm. and, and still it's it's uh, still crapshoot though. <laughs> it's still a crapshoot because you, you you have restaurants. I remember I talked to this guy, mm-hmm. to this uh, to, she was a girl, yeah, or so, I met her. So I was like, have you heard of like we talk about restaurants? I some functions like yeah. you, you know Zoe's Kitchen. like no, never heard of. I'm like how did how you, do you not hear yeah. Zoe's Kitchen? <laughs> so but and then they have like I think fifteen in Atlanta area. Yeah, but still, I mean that that just went to show me how really how big you have to be so everybody yeah. hears about you. Like you can yeah. have you can have ten restaurants and somebody will not even hear about you. Yeah. So to to really have a strong name takes a lot of work. It, a lot of work. Um, yeah, that's great, man. This has been awesome. Um, we're about the 30-minute mark, so I want to wrap it up and stay true to my promise. Um, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Uh, this is Michael. Where can people um, find you these days? Uh, I don't know if you have social media places where they should follow, or are you still holding on to the Seven Hens handle? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I have it, yeah. just uh, Maybe we'll be Seven Hens Consulting still, soon. Yeah, I, st- I, still, I still get some catering orders. I'm like, sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just um, Michael uh, Gurvich, you know, G-U-R-E-V-I-C-H. Yeah, that keep an eye me. out. I'll be sure to post an update wherever uh, you end up going from here, and uh, okay. hopefully we can bring that that uh, traffic over to you and your followers because uh, now you probably have like 30 million fans. Yeah, 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 
30, 30, yeah, a little over 29,000, yeah. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all, you have a great week, um, and uh, hope you're enjoying October's uh, theme of horror stories, scary stories, whatever you want to call it. Um, Do good, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.